You are listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. There are going to be a lot of great things going on this summer at Collective, so make sure you are following us on social media at My Collective Church to stay in the loop. Now let's get into Sunday's message. Do you all want to know if we hit last week's all-in offering goal? Do you all want to know if we hit last week? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so um, just to remind everyone, and honestly, just to make you sit on pins and needles for a few seconds, we signed a lease to acquire the 6,000 square feet next door. Uh, The work actually starts this month and should be done by early November. And this expansion will allow us to grow our collective kid space, get more access to parking, and create room for future growth. And we're really excited about this opportunity. Um, Now, the majority of this project is being covered covered by collective savings. When you give to collective, we set aside 10% so that we can say yes to big things, big things like this. But I shared that in order for us to complete the project and do it to the level that we want to do it at, we needed to raise at least $75,000 by our fifth birthday on September 18th. I even promised that if we beat that goal by our birthday, I would get into a dunk tank and you all could take your best shot at me. And so last weekend, we asked people who call Collective their church home to give boldly and generously as we tried to raise the initial $50,000 of our goal. Well, I guess you all need to start getting your arms ready because I'm getting in a dunk tank. Uh, You all crushed both goals, and as of this morning, the total is at $117,000. It's incredibly unreal, uh, doesn't make any sense, but we're really excited to see what God wants to do. The last time we had a campaign and we beat our goal, one of the things that um, that told us was that God's dreams are bigger than ours. And so we're going to keep pursuing that and see what that means. Um, but, but here's the thing, it's not just about the total that was given. Uh, it's really about these stories of unreal generosity that are playing out in this church right now. There are people who gave whose kids are adults. They don't live in Frederick. They don't have grandkids who go here. But they know how important it is that kids grow up in a church that teaches them about the good news of Jesus. And so a lot of them went all in. There are people who gave um, that are brand new to Collective, literally just showed up during that series, but they can feel God moving in this place. And so they're jumping all in. There are people who gave who don't have kids, but are hoping and praying that one day they do And so ultimately, they're investing in this future space, which they hope will be for future children. Um, And there are so many other stories about amazing generosity um, that I'm not going to share with you right now. I'll share uh, when the timing's a little bit more right. Um, But that's not the only thing that we're celebrating. So I'm going to keep the celebration going because there are more kind of amazing things coming out of the All In series that I want to share with you all. Last Sunday, if you were here... um, it was crazy, right? People everywhere. It was like 100 degrees, and kids were going on moon bounces. Heat stroke might have happened. Just they were fine, whatever. Um, last Sunday was the fifth highest attended Sunday we've ever had in the history of our church. There were 400 people here, um, and, and we celebrate that because as as churches are, are struggling to get people to show up, um, that's not what we're feeling here. 
Of those 400 people, 95 of them were kids, uh, which was easily a record, also confirmed that we need this space. Uh, K through fifth had 41 kids in it at second service, um, and the teacher from that classroom was like, we need more room. And it's like, all right, all right it's coming. We'll get them some more space. Uh, 26 people and families gave for the first time during the All-In series. 17 people checked the box to join the team. Uh, we're celebrating two baptisms after this service today uh, and one more next week. I heard stories about people who got the courage to invite friends for the first time and they showed up. I heard a story last week of someone who felt the challenge to take a risk and apply for a new job because it was gonna be better for their family and they totally got it. I heard stories about people breaking out their Bibles for the first time, people doing it and reading it with their kids. And so I said this last week, but I wanna say it again. What is going on in this church isn't normal. It's just not God is doing something major here. And so we're gonna keep taking risks and we're gonna keep going all in, right? We're gonna keep taking next steps and we're gonna keep watching God move. Now, I know that some of you weren't here last week or because we set the goal uh, toward the end of September. Some of you were planning on giving later this summer. And so let me just say this. Uh, don't let us beating the goal stop you from being a part of this. Um, us beating the goal means that I severely underestimated this church again. Um, not that your giving doesn't matter, because every dollar makes a huge impact. This will allow us to make sure that space is set up for all of our kids in the right way. It means we'll have the opportunity to immediately improve this space so when there are baptisms, we can get it up on the screen so people in the back can actually see what's going on. It means that we don't have to spend our entire savings because we feel like God is saying something bigger is gonna happen soon. And we'll be able to say yes to that. And so the fund will stay open until our fifth birthday. Ultimately, it'll stay open until you dunk me if you have the skills to actually do it. Um, last week, like I sent it to one of our friends and she immediately sent me a video of her husband throwing balls at a dunk tank and like drilling it every single time. And I was like, cool, this is gonna be great. Um, but what we're gonna do that day when we turn five is we're just gonna celebrate what God has done uh, in this church in five years. And um, it's incredible. It, it's unreal. And there's gonna be some wonderful stories. Uh, but here, here's the thing that we're learning more than anything else. Uh, we are learning that God is good, right? Uh, we are feeling that and we are experiencing that in this church and in this community and in our lives. Um, so here's what I wanna do. I actually wanna pray. Uh, I wanna thank God for what he's doing in this church and in this community. Um, but I'm also gonna pray that he continues to make us uncomfortable because every time he pushes us as a church and as people, he shows up in bigger ways than we ever imagined. And the truth is we want more of that. So will you guys pray with me? God, thank you so much. Uh, again, for what you're doing in this church and in our lives, God. Um, it, it feels weird, uh, or at least I feel weird, getting up here and, and saying again and again and again that you were just blowing us away over and over and over again. Um, but God, that is the reality. And it's not because our expectations are low, um, God, because you've never uh, not met them, um, but it's because, God, you continue to do immeasurably more than what we could ever ask or imagine. So God, um, we are so humbled by that. We are so thankful for that. Um, but God, we pray that you continue to push us toward this discomfort and push us toward these risks and push us toward these big things um, so we can see you keep moving. Um, God, we never want to settle. We never want to be uh, complacent with what you want to do in our lives, in this church, and in this community. Um, God, ultimately, we pray that as we, we expand this space and we create more room, um, God, we pray that more people show up. Uh, there's a quarter million people in our county that need to feel what we are feeling right now, need to experience what we are experiencing right now, and need to understand that grace is real the way that so many of us do. And so, God, that's ultimately what we pray that happens. God, thank you for what you're doing. Um, God, you continue to blow us away, and, and we're so amazed by that. God, we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.
And so today we're kicking off this brand new series called Pro Tip. And a pro tip is some advice given by someone who has experience in the area in which they're giving advice. It's like the clip earlier with Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec talking about bowling. Straight down the middle, anything more, and this is figure skating, right? That is a pro tip. And so that's what this series is going to be full of. But instead of Ron Swanson, we're going to be learning from the book of Proverbs. In the Bible, there are 66 unique books. In fact, the word Bible comes from the Greek tabiblia, which means the books. And so the Bible is not one single book. It's a collection of books from a wide variety of authors who are inspired by God and has a wide variety of genres. One of those genres in the Bible is called wisdom literature, and one of those wisdom books is called Proverbs. And when you read the four wisdom books in the Bible, you'll notice that it's not really about eternity uh, or sin or even grace. It's just basic principles on how to live your life, right? They're pro tips. And so uh, this series is a wisdom series where we are going to learn how to live with wisdom, how to live going forward if we already have the knowledge and experience for the situations we currently find ourselves in, but ultimately we'll find ourselves in in the future, See, one thing God does through the Bible is he tries to equip us to live with wisdom. And the best definition of wisdom I've heard is this. It says, wisdom is not knowing a fact. Wisdom is understanding a principle. Wisdom is not knowing a fact. Wisdom is understanding a principle. For example, wisdom isn't knowing who to date. But wisdom is understanding if I just focus on character more than curves, then over time I'm going to find the right type of person that I want to be with. Wisdom isn't knowing exactly how to discipline your kids in every situation, but wisdom understands that if I raise my kids who know that I love them and I lead them the way that Jesus leads me, they're going to turn out all right. Wisdom isn't knowing exactly which job God wants you to take, but wisdom understands that if I walk with humility, if I daily seek God through the practice of spiritual disciplines and I work hard, it'll work out over time. Wisdom isn't knowing a fact. Wisdom is understanding a principle. And people who have wisdom experience less heartache. People who have wisdom don't destroy their own finances. Wise people don't get in trouble at work or school. Wise people have healthier friendships. And when you look at the wise people in your life, you really can't point to one thing that they did to get there. It's just the way that they've lived over time that shows that it eventually works out. And so the goal of this series is to equip us with wisdom. And if you apply what we learn in this series, if you apply this wisdom, you will avoid some of the mistakes that you are on track right now to make without wisdom. If you apply this series, you will experience life how God wants you to live it, which is not how our selfish, sinful nature wants us to live it. And you will find through this series, through reading Proverbs, that a wise life is a better life. And so here's how this series is going to break down. Today, I'm going to talk about wisdom and why we need it. Then over the next four weeks, we'll actually have a different guest speaker sharing their favorite pieces of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. These are all things that we need to hear and learn from. Right? These are pro tips that we can learn and live out every week, and we will notice that God will make our life better just by listening to those things. And again, this is so we don't live an unwise life. And so I figured if we're going to talk about wisdom, it makes sense that it isn't just me talking about it because I have limited wisdom. That doesn't seem very wise to have it just be me. So during this time, while these guest speakers are in, I'm going to be taking my yearly preaching break. 
The overseers of our church, in their wisdom, make me take multiple weeks off of preaching in the summer so I can refresh, so I can spend more time with my girls, um, ultimately so I can spend some time away learning from other churches and pastors who are a little bit ahead of us so I can gain some wisdom. Um, And this year, Ray and I are actually taking a trip to Israel for 10 days. Some of our sorting churches came together to make this happen for us. And so we're excited to walk where Jesus walked and see the places where these stories in the Bible played out. Be prepared for me to come back with like a whole slide deck of pictures. The first time I'm back is me clicking through going, there's a camel and there's a hill and Jesus stood there. Um, But here's here's the reason why I share this with you guys. Um, You won't see me until August. And I don't want you to be alarmed. I don't want you to think something terrible is happening. It's just a breather. Um, And I promise you, um, that this series is gonna be great and there's gonna be surprises in this series and be great things and so that you won't wanna miss it. All right, so let's talk about the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is mostly a book of one sentence sayings that make your life better. For example, Proverbs 23.9 says, don't waste your breath on fools for they will despise the wisest advice. Listen, some of you can say amen to that if you want to. Uh, ultimately, some of you could write this down and leave right now and just put that into practice and your life will be easier. Uh, also, it almost feels like this was written for Facebook, right? Uh, it could very easily say, stop arguing with fools on social media for they despise the wisest advice. But here's the deal. It is way too easy for you and I to think about the fools in our life. But real talk, sometimes we are the fool. Sometimes we're the ones who don't want advice from our friends, our family, and they are wasting their breath on us. Last summer, someone reached out to me pretty upset because they were having some interpersonal issues with their friends. Uh, Ultimately, relationships that existed a few years ago had ended, and he didn't know why. And so he did what most people do when they've been hurt interpersonally. Uh, He just started bashing them and started calling them fake friends and selfish and all this stuff. But what he wasn't seeing is that the reason these people were walking away from him The reason these people stopped spending time with him is because he was making terrible decisions in his life, in his dating life, in his drinking, in his career, in his faith. And this was the natural consequence of that. And so he'd sit down with his friends. He'd complain about how hard it was to find girls on Tinder, right? Or he'd sit down and he'd complain about how his boss was getting on him because he was showing up late for work because he was hungover. Or he'd complain about how he didn't feel close to God, but he wasn't reading his Bible, showing up at church, being in community. And the people in his life for over a year kept trying to help him, kept trying to encourage him, give him advice, but nothing changed. So they decided to stop wasting their breath and they walked away. And so what I'm saying is we might need to stop wasting our breath on fools. That's always going to be true. But if people are stepping out of our life, we might need to take a step back to see if we are the fool because we are living in a way that despises wisdom. Here's another one. Proverbs 26, 17. Interfering in someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ear. Now, this feels like another one that's written for Facebook or maybe some family drama. Ultimately, if it's not your business, stay out of it. Because if you don't, you're going to get bit. Right? We, we know this. This is, this is great advice. One more. Proverbs 21, 19. It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. We're not going to talk about this one. We're just going to move on. <laughs> so <laughs> the book of Proverbs... Uh, It's full of just practical advice. It's full of wisdom that if you put into practice, your life will be better. But here's what's really cool about wisdom. Wisdom has been here since the beginning of time. Check this out in Proverbs 8. It says this, The Lord formed me from the beginning, 
before he created anything else. I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth with waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born. Before he had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil, I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he, he created, how I rejoiced with my human family. Right? How beautiful is that? It, it reads like a poem. Wisdom was with God when he created the world. Right? And this says that wisdom is what God used to create us. Right? And so what wisdom is saying is that you're not here by accident. Like you are not a mistake. Wisdom is saying is that there's intentionality and plan and he worked with God to create this world that we live in, right? How great is that? And so if that wasn't enough to want wisdom or to understand why we need wisdom, uh, here's what we're gonna do for the rest of our time today. I'm gonna read through all of Proverbs 1. And this sets the tone for the entire book of Proverbs. This sets the tone for the entire series we're gonna be in. And I'm gonna give you six reasons why wisdom matters. And this comes from the writer of Proverbs. And then I have one challenge at the end um, that I really love and, and I think you're gonna love too. So let's jump into this. Proverbs 1.1 says this. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Now, just some context here. David is the same David who killed Goliath. He later became the king of Israel. After David died, he passed his throne onto his son, Solomon. And Solomon was known as one of the wisest people to ever live because God actually spent time with him and asked him, if there's anything you could have in this world, what would you want? And Solomon, in his wisdom, asked for more wisdom. And then Solomon goes on to write the majority of the book of Proverbs. He writes the book of Ecclesiastes, and he writes a book called the Song of Solomon. And so what he's doing at the very beginning is he's essentially credentialing himself. He's saying, listen, I'm not just some dude, I'm Solomon, which everyone would have known, oh, this guy's really wise. And he's doing that so they can trust what he's about to say. And so this is how it continues in verse two. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. And so here's the first thing. If you're taking notes that you should write down and take a screenshot of it, wisdom leads to a better life. Solomon teaches us that wisdom leads to discipline, that wisdom leads to successful lives. A few chapters later in Proverbs 3, he says that wisdom brings joy. One chapter after that in Proverbs 4, it says that wisdom protects us, it guides us, that having wisdom will make us great. Now imagine if you could stop yourself right now from making that future mistake in your marriage. Imagine if you could help yourself now not make that future mistake with your money, that future mistake with those friendships that are gonna turn out to be toxic. That's what wisdom does. And if we put it into practice in our lives right now, we will live a better life right now and in the future. He continues, let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom 
and discipline. So here's the second thing. The opposite of wisdom is foolishness. As you continue to read through this book of Proverbs, Solomon will say over and over again, people who despise wisdom are fools. Uh, That's how they live. That's how they respond to things. About three years ago, a friend of mine who lives downtown was walking home after a date night with his wife, and he noticed that a stray cat was following him. And when they got to their house, uh, the cat was still there, so they made the decision to bring the cat inside. Not a great idea because they have two dogs. And wisdom should have told them, hey, maybe don't do that. Uh, But the truth is he had drank a little bit too much and wisdom wasn't really a priority that night. Uh, But as you can guess, the dogs freaked out and so did the cat. I just imagine like a cartoon where the dogs are running around, the cat's running around with it. And so this guy reaches down, he picks up this stray cat and the stray cat did what cats do when they're freaked out and it attacked him. And so uh, he finally gets it outside. He has a bite on his arm. Uh, But here's the thing, it gets worse. The next morning he woke up and his arm was infected. Uh, You could literally see his vein all the way up to his armpit was bright red. And so he ended up going to the hospital. They had to treat him for rabies, which he didn't have, just to clarify. Uh, But that includes like eight shots and an overnight stay. Uh, So the opposite of wisdom is foolishness, right? When we despise wisdom, when we ignore wisdom, bad things happen. We do foolish things. We act in foolish ways. And this ultimately brings pain. And so Solomon says over and over and over again in the book of Proverbs, don't be a fool. Ultimately, don't pick up stray cats in downtown Frederick. Uh, You've been warned, by the way. If you do this later on in your life, uh, you know better than that. He continues, my child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone. Just for fun, let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit of death. Think of the great things we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come throw in your lot with us. We'll all share the loot. Now, these are extreme examples, but we understand what Solomon is saying, right? He's saying there are people in our life that we shouldn't spend time with. There are people in our life that are leading us toward destruction. He continues, my child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their paths. They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. And so here's the third thing. Wisdom protects us from bad relationships. Wisdom tells us that we shouldn't be friends with certain people. Wisdom tells us that we shouldn't do business with certain companies. Wisdom tells us that we shouldn't follow the advice of that influencer. Like wisdom helps us stay away from trouble because we see it coming. And while I think this applies to everyone, I think that those of you who are in middle school and high school have the most to gain from what Solomon is saying right here. I think this applies to everyone in the room and we all need to check ourselves in this way, but I think it applies to middle schoolers and high schoolers the most, and here's why. You have way more life ahead of you. You are on the brink of making major decisions right now that will impact the rest of your life. You have friends right now who will have a major influence on you and your future. And so you need to ask yourself, are these the right type of friends, right? And ultimately you need to trust what your gut is going to tell you, because you know, middle schools and high schools, you, you know, you actually have the wisdom, remember? It's been here since the beginning of time. You don't have to learn it later, you can have it right now. And hear me as I say this, there are people who go to collective that wish they had this wisdom when they were teenagers. 
Because on the other side of those relationships and those decisions was addiction and abuse and pain and destruction. So everybody take this to heart, but specifically middle schoolers and high schoolers hear this. Do not go along with those people. A trap is being set. Destruction follows. It's just not worth it. He continues, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Another translation says, how long will you be naive? Another one says, how long will you love your ignorance? My favorite translation says, how much longer will you enjoy being stupid fools? He finishes this section with this. He says, come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. So here's the next thing. Wisdom is free for the taking, right? Wisdom is for everyone and wisdom is always available. And I think this is important because oftentimes we feel like we have to go through something in our life, typically bad, before we gain wisdom, like, like wisdom only comes on the other side of the mistake or wisdom only comes on the other side of a big decision or wisdom only comes on the other side of trials. And the truth is wisdom does and should come on the other side of those things. You should gain wisdom from your experiences in life. Right? If you go through something heavy or major and you don't gain wisdom, you're missing something. But this is also saying wisdom is available right now. Right? You don't have to go through pain to understand wisdom. But like most things in life, we get to choose whether or not we want it, right? We have to choose whether or not we want wisdom. Part of the reason we're doing this series is because we're putting that choice in front of you. And so if there continues to be pain and frustration in your life and in your relationships and your career, it's you acknowledging, hey, I'm turning this down, right? I don't want that wisdom. Wisdom is free for the taking, He continues, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. Now, this isn't saying that when you pray to God, God won't answer you. This isn't saying God isn't with you in your time of need. We're talking about wisdom right now. What Solomon is saying, though, is that it's too late in your time of need for wisdom to prevent the consequence of what you have chosen that lacked wisdom. And then he finishes that section with this. He says, For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. And so here's the next thing. Wisdom gives us a better future. And here's what this means. It means when you're experiencing the pain of paying back $80,000 in school loans or the pain of paying too much every month for a car that you can't afford or a house that you can't afford, at that point, wisdom can't help you not go into debt. When the teacher is passing out the test, wisdom can't help you study at that point. When you're sitting in front of the judge or the cops because you've already been pulled over, wisdom can't help you not drink and drive. Wisdom doesn't lead us to making bad decisions. God doesn't make us make those mistakes. This is the natural result of what we have chosen to do. 
And listen carefully. This isn't saying that every bad thing that happens to you is your fault. What this is saying is everything that happens to you because you chose to neglect wisdom is your fault. God never says, follow my instructions or I will smack you in the face. But wisdom does say, if you don't follow my instructions, you are going to smack yourself in the face. And so we seek out wisdom so we don't get into scenarios that cause pain. So we don't make bad decisions that will impact our future. And then this is the last thing that Solomon writes in chapter one. And ultimately, this is the whole reason we're doing this series, the reason why what we just read matters so much. This is the final verse in chapter one. This is what it says. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. And so here's the last thing. Wisdom brings peace. Peace because you can prevent feeling that feeling again. Peace because you can know confidently that it's the right decision to walk away from those painful relationships. Peace because you can choose a better life now and a better future. And so wisdom is calling out. Wisdom is saying, please listen. If you want peace, if you want to live a life without the stupid drama, if you want to have a healthier marriage, if you want to have the right life-giving kind of friendships, if you don't want to have to worry about all the drama and garbage of life, if you don't want to get into a trap of your own making, if you don't want to make the same mistake that the people in your life have already made, then listen to wisdom. Trust wisdom, lean in to wisdom. And so here's the challenge for this series. Like I said, I, I think this is great and I hope you do too. The challenge is this. I want you to read the entire book of Proverbs. Proverbs is 31 chapters. Starting tomorrow, there are 35 days until the final Sunday in this series. So there's even a buffer if you forget or head out of town or you just get busy. Um, I'm actually making and asking the staff, uh, my wife and their spouses as well, to read this together. And we're kicking it up starting tomorrow. And so I'll tell you how we're doing it, so just in case you're interested in that. Uh, we're using something called the YouVersion Bible app. If you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, you need to download it. It's incredible. It's the Bible in your hands. Um, but the reason why it's so incredible is because of the resources. And one of the resources that it has is it has Bible reading plans on different topics. And so we are reading something called the Bible Project, the Wisdom of Proverbs, um, I've done this Bible reading plan before. I did it last year. It actually led to the development of this series. This is easily the best Bible reading plan I've ever read in my life. Um, you should check it out. There's context and stories. There's videos with it. It makes it very easy to understand. And so there's a little bit more. Now, if you don't want a little bit more, you can open up the YouVersion app and you can simply search Proverbs. And there's 31 chapters, 31 days. Once you start it, it will send you a notification every day at the same time saying, hey, don't, don't forget to read this. You can also go old school. You got a paper Bible, you want to open it up, read a chapter a day, read a little bit, read multiple chapters a day. Ultimately, the challenge, the biggest challenge for this series is to read one chapter of Proverbs every day until the end of this series. Because if you do, you will become wiser. And here's the thing, I know it's hard to read your Bible alone sometimes, so there's other ways that you can do this. I would encourage you, if you're a journaler, write down what you read, wrestle with those things, find other people on the YouVersion app, you can ask other people to join you as well. Like you don't have to do this alone, but read one chapter a day and watch as it brings more peace into your life and more hope into your life. Now, one more thing for today, uh, and this is really important. Wisdom is separate from grace. You will never be so wise that your life is perfect. 
right? Ultimately, the goal of this series isn't to make us all so wise that we never make mistakes. Like, we will never have so much wisdom that we don't need God. Wisdom can prevent poor decision, but wisdom cannot make us forgiven. Right? Wisdom can make you successful, but it cannot give you grace. The only thing that can actually forgive you is the grace of Jesus. I once heard it said like this, in life, there are two deals on the table. We can do everything we can to try and be perfect, which ultimately some of us try to do that and we know we always fall short, or we can let Jesus forgive us and make us perfect. And what those of us who follow Jesus recognize is that the wisest thing that we've ever done is put our faith in him, is to trust him. The wisest thing we've ever done is fallen at the feet of Jesus and given our life to him so that we can experience his grace. And the thing is, some of you, as you pursue this wisdom, this is where you need to start. And so if you need that, if you need that grace, understanding that even wisdom won't make you perfect, we want you to check the baptism box on your connection card. We'll call you this week. We'll follow up this week about what does it look like to start there? Because here's the thing. We can take everything to heart that we read today. We can put into practice everything that we learn in this series, and it will make us wiser. Right? It will make life better. It's guaranteed to do that. Solomon says it. We trust his wisdom. But there will still be times when we screw up. And so Jesus gives us wisdom because he doesn't want us making dumb decisions. Ultimately, he doesn't want us to experience the pain of life and the pain of sin over and over and over again. But he also gives us grace for when we do. And so if you do not have grace in your life, that is where you need to start. Because all the wisdom in the world will fall short of that forgiveness and that hope and ultimately that new life. And that will be the wisest thing you ever do. Let's pray. God, thank you so much um, for your wisdom. God, thank you uh, that we have the opportunity to read the Bible and learn things that are so incredibly relevant right now that stop us from future pain. God, that stop us from future sin, that stop us from future destruction. And so God, I pray as we go through this series, as different people share um, wisdom and things that are on their heart, God, as we read a chapter a day, God, I pray that we experience that peace. God, I, I pray that this wisdom protects us and guides us. I pray that this wisdom gives us joy. God, ultimately, I pray that as we, we go through this series and we wrestle with this wisdom, God, I pray that it, that it leads us closer to you, to trusting you and what you can do in our life and in our relationships, um, in our career, in our friendships. God, because we know that's what you want for us. But God, above everything, we are so thankful that there is grace. God, because even as we pursue wisdom, even as we pursue what's right, even as we pursue learning and following you, we will fall short. God, it's inevitable. We will make decisions that lead to pain. And so, God, we are thankful for grace to pick us back up so we can continue on that journey. God, that you don't make us start back over at the beginning, but God, you give us wisdom from the mistakes we've made and we get to move forward in our relationship with you. God, thank you so much that you teach us. God, that you want what's best for us and ultimately uh, that you give us grace when we choose to do something different. God, we thank you and love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.